for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast. Brought to you every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all of our social media platforms at HS Social Media. Because of them, you go back and check out the archives every single show for free by digging back in the archives, going back all the way to episode one, or even our one with the recently named Notre Dame assistant coach, Lauren Smurf Sinicola. You can also check out last week's, the weeks before, so on and so on and so on. All thanks to the folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Big shout out to our friends over at Dutick Brand here at Soccer Chat. We're members of Dutick Brand FC. You go to dutickbrand.com for all your soccer coaching accessory needs, whether it's note cards, notebooks, stickers, hats, whatever you need. They've got it over at dutickbrand.com, including, I believe, the Nick Rizzo Murdered Out Edition shirt, which he has worn every day for the last two weeks. Check it out over at dutickbrand.com. Use yourself a promo code soccer chat to get a sweet Nick Rizzo discount over at dutickbrand.com. Big shout out to our friends over at Torex Soccer. Check them out on social media at Torex, T-O-R-R-X, soccer, and get the greatest ball pump you will ever get in your life. Hands down, trust us on that one. You want to see what it's like? Go onto our Facebook page, check out our video from the convention when we interviewed the Papillonis on the Torex show and see just how Torex can change your coaching needs. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And, and Nick, I, I hate to be a, um, a, a downer on this great Thursday morning, but I'm really upset. And I think you know what I'm upset about. Oh, I, do we have to talk about this? I, I, don't, I don't want an entire federation getting mad at our podcast, but I'm mad at an entire federation right now. I'm highly, highly upset because I woke up this morning and school's out for summer. I'm excited. Summer vacation starts. And I happened to see online somebody had tweeted out uh, using the hashtag reggae girls that the squad had been picked. And I got excited. And I was like, this is the moment of pride. Here we go. And then I looked at the roster. I saw Kayla McCoy, former Duke Blue Devil. And I saw various names, but I did not see Dr. Laura Jackson. In Jamaica? We told you, you put Laura on the team. You will have the biggest supporters you've ever had in your life. But you've done messed that up. Yeah. But by by the way, though, have you seen, uh, they did put out like about like two weeks ago, they put out a pretty cool like promo about how uh, Bob Marley's daughter like fundraised for like their entire team. Yeah. To like get them back. That was pretty sweet. I actually sent, we have a, we have a girl on my team that's, Family's originally from Jamaica, and I sent her that, and she said that she was crying watching the video. So I can't like hate on them completely. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm not. I actually I shouldn't even say I'm mad. I'm disappointed, Jamaica. You had a chance again, like Sean said, to have the biggest fans. We're still be big fans because I think you, I think you got a pretty no. good thing going, but you missed out on a chance to have the biggest fans that you could have had. Yeah, and I I mean, I was gonna I was gonna cheer for them. I'm not anymore. I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, I like, it's just, it's something that like, I, I just, again, I'm, I'm not mad. Reggae girls. I'm, I'm disappointed. That's like such a dad thing to say, <laughs> but yeah, no soccer chat was bumping again last night. Yeah. Speaking of bumping, your camera's working. 
I know. Um, you can kind of see my face. I, like the the view is awkward. I look like it looks like I'm looking directly up at you. Yeah, like I wish I could find a way to like plant, like place it, but I need to have it on the charger. Yeah. So like, I don't well, know. Well, use your soccer chat pop socket and turn it sideways. I don't have one. <laughs> what? I have so many koozies though. I like just give them to random friends. Like I'll be like I always I have like a bunch of my backpacks. So like whenever I see like my random friends, I'll be like, hey, I have a koozie. <laughs> well, you know what? I think I know somebody who can hook you up with some pop sockets. Who can do that? I I have like a massive sack pack. So. <laughs> I know we haven't seen each other. It's, we haven't seen each other since convention. It's been like six months. That needs to. Well, that'll be changing. I mean, in June. It, I mean, no, like we get. June, but. We got the crew. We got the crew joining back up together, courtesy of the OG Don Crow. Like, we we really appreciate all the things she does to bring our friends together all the time. Oh, Don is the uh, the greatest travel agent. Oh, like, oh, she hey, really let's is. Get the, let's get all the friends together here. We're gonna we're gonna meet here. Oh, she she really is. She's the OG. She's absolutely the OG. So as you mentioned before, I got uh, I got in your way there. Soccer chat was bumping mm-hmm. last night. Um, big shout out to you for still trying to uh, to do that while having a going away party. Um, yeah. But it was uh, it was really cool. I, I the question I I think it's one of the most active ones that I've actually like truly participated in, and I don't know why. Um, but some of the the question the one I really enjoyed um, was the question from Kyle Basil, who I took my um, national diploma with or premier uh, advanced advanced national whatever it is advanced national yeah, yeah that's right uh, I took my advanced national with Kyle and he had a really awesome question uh, about if you were to take over a brand new team. And uh, here it is. Actually, uh, you have eight training sessions to work with a brand new team before your first matches. What topics, concepts will you implement in those eight sessions leading up to the first match? What are the most important technical and tactical con- concepts the team needs to attain? And I'm interested to hear what you what your thoughts are on this. And I just realized now that I, I'm reading this uh, and this will attest to everything I've ever done in life. I answered like all of it except for the last question. <laughs> and so like i did the first part and did like what my eight training sessions would be um but i didn't put like what were the most important uh concepts so what's uh what's your you got eight weeks give me the first one what's the first thing you guys are working on that week uh the first thing we're probably working on is just different passing patterns just to get a, just to get them moving the ball together i was gonna say defense because i honestly i'm a big advocate of like making sure that they have like proper pressure cover balance, making sure that the communication aspects of that are, Cause again, like, like with any sport, if you're not getting scored on, if you're organized defensively in soccer, you can't lose, you can tie if you don't get scored on. And so I, but I would still say like, especially just for the sake of the game, like getting them moving the ball a bit. I would, so I would say a lot of like possession oriented drills the first day, just getting them playing, getting them moving the ball and uh, just connecting with one another. And then, I would say actually I looked at your answer. I think uh your and my answers are very, very similar in terms of No they're not. Like, yeah, they are. Your eighth would be different. Oh, I'm never gonna do set pieces. But <laughs> but I, I think up to I think up to that point, um, they're very similar. I think like I, I think I I just because of my preferred style of play, I think we do more um, like transitional stuff just because I'm big. Like if anyone's ever watched us play, like obviously I'm a kind of a Liverpool fan. If people have talked, 
heard this show ever. And so I would say for me, it'd be a little bit more stuff in terms of like pre- pressing and transitional play and things like that, where like I, I loved uh, was Pranitz's answer. It was like possession for six sessions. And it was like pressing and finishing. I think were the last two, I don't have it in front of me, but it was pretty funny for me. I, in mine, I, I, I didn't really get super like defined in my answer, but for me, like the transitional play comes from with play. Uh, okay, gotcha. so yeah, yeah, we're like working on getting the ball wide, but that's part of our our transition. Is uh, anybody who's seen my teams play know that we we really try to attack and we really try to um, transition from the ball out wide. So once we've won it, quickly get it out wide, and then from there, what are we going to do with it? Um, so I again, I, that's probably just for me not clearly defining everything. Yeah, uh, well, and, I mean, that's, and a transition I, comes from building in the back as well. Yeah. Well, I think for like what we talk about all the time on the on the show is that it's it's hard to get everything out. So honestly, like I love the concept. Uh, did were you one of the people? I haven't listened to the episode yet for uh, Pranich. Did you, were you one of the people that did like your two minutes, like talking about your coaching style uninterrupted, and then like had like a five minute discussion with him? No, I did not sign up for that. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to get off the shreds. No, I was. Dude, he's he's a reasonable guy. He wouldn't do that to you. Well, I, I, I listened to your episode. You crushed it over there. How was it? How was it like? How, how, how was it like being on the other side? I, it's awkward. Um, I I just kind of the responses I've gotten recently because I'm just like I'm like listening to his show before. I'm like after we got done, I was like I'm by far the worst show he's ever done. Uh, <laughs> no, you were not because like everybody is like so like professional and proper and like. Uh, <laughs> I about just said they talk so good. Everybody talks so good. You talk uh, so good. <laughs> and I just was like, my show, my, I guess what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is my show truly defined me. Like I'm not your a license, you know, high vocabulary person. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I am originally me as he said. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that that's gotta be, I mean, I, I, again, you heard my episode. I'm not, I'm not any better than you are. We're, we're the same level for sure. Oh, you, you won Midwest conference coach of the year. <laughs> that was, oh, that was cause I think you, you peer pressured the people into, <laughs> into doing it. <laughs> same as how we got on the podcast row at convention. I think you, I think you just peer pressured people into like, Hey, you, you have to come let us hang out. <laughs> and then they're like, fine. Don't we'll let, let you come. Stop <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs> tell yourself enough like people are going to believe it like i said john show so if i can say hey like make nick coach of the year like people will buy into it at some point yeah no you're just like uh what is uh pavloving people just just like classically conditioning people to, to do stuff it's the mentality um, i guess yeah no but uh what were, what were some of the other questions you like uh i did like the one um about the um the shadowing of coaches, which we've talked about that before on the show. Um, And I did like the, uh, I know one that you were into was the one from Katie Beal about the wall uh, on um, defending set P or defending on free kicks. And I took the cheap way out and just was like, Oh, somebody posted this like two weeks ago here. (laughs) I still know you can steal it. Um, But I know one that you were really big into was the, um, the soccer IQ question of the week. Uh, women's national teams have been utilizing games in their preparation and lead up to the summer's World Cup. If you were a coaching, if you were in a coaching position like this, what three specific things would you be prioritizing, hoping to achieve from these games? I mean, 
again, them being your last chance to figure out the lineups that you're going to use for um, the World Cup that's in less than a month now. I, I think for me, my priorities would be making sure and I think I think they I think Jill Ellis is doing this, I, like finding like the right combination of people, because um, like with her, she I think it, she finally has now that Kelly O'Hara is back. I think she finally has her back line sorted. Uh, when Kelly was injured earlier this year, I think it was question mark on who was going to be that right back spot. They tried Sonnet there, which I like. I mean, Sonnet's more of a center back. I never saw her being super successful as a right back for us. And then that's why I think they put Elliot Krieger in the squad in case uh, some does happen to O'Hara. Um, but I think it's interesting. Like, I think for me, I'm kind of deviating. I'm pulling a you. I'm kind of deviating from the question. I think um, the things I would prioritize is like getting lineups, like making sure you have your final lineup set, like the way you want to go day one, um, first game of the World Cup. Um, other than that, I would say just getting people, like I, I think like a lot of us do when we coach, getting people happy and confident going into it. So making sure that you're playing people with people they like to be with. And, and just, again, just making sure that when you hit, um, the first game of the World Cup that people are really confident um, and like just really enjoying the game, which I mean, obviously, with the the way the last few games have gone, I think that the U.S. team is probably feeling pretty good just because they're getting goals. They've kept some shutouts. And so I, I think it's pretty good. I think um, I don't even know if I'd have a number three. Um, I, I would say getting making sure that you have the line. And I think I mean, for them, I think trying to figure out who are going to be your key subs, uh, who are going to be the players. And I think for them right now, it's looking great because Carly Lloyd can't stop scoring. Um, and I don't know if she's a starter. I, I don't think she, at 36, quite has that level to displace Alex Morgan or Pino or Heath right now. But being able to bring her uh, off the bench in 70th minute is going to be incredible. Kristen Press is another one that's been playing incredibly well. Honestly, like it's, it, you kind of feel bad, but there's going to be some great players that aren't going to see like any time at, in some of the games. And it'll be very interesting. I think like Sam Mewis has been playing so great, but like, who is she going to displace right now? And then you, so then you're going to have people like Malpu, like not even getting minutes. Um, and so it'll, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be interested to see how they wrote, how she rotates through group play. If she does rotate through group play. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be a very, very interesting world cup. That was a really long winded answer. I still don't know if I have a number three. Uh, my three specific things would be put Laura Jackson on my roster. Start Laura Jackson and play Laura Jackson. Those would be the three things that I'd want to achieve uh, for my games. But I mean, Jamaica, we all have our faults, and that was yours. Not putting her on the team. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let them live this down until they put her in. You don't screw up. I hope that like, like obviously, like we don't want to wish like ill will upon anybody. But like, I hope that like on their like alternate list, maybe that she's like the top one. Yeah. That way, in case something bad does happen and somebody has to. not make not be on the roster for whatever reason. I would hope that she would be the first person. Then you could turn it around, Jamaica, and I, and, and we will be happy. Uh, we'll be friends again. <laughs> yes, we will be friends with you again, Jamaica Football Federation. Like we've said before, this is a listener supported podcast, supported by people just like you. Give us a big help by leaving a five star rating and review wherever you are getting your podcast from, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Let us know where you're listening from. Send us a screenshot at Chat Soccer, C H A T S O C C R, and let us know how you are listening to the show. This week's interview, it's going to be a good one. What changed the weather? Yeah, I'm feeling heat in December when you found me. I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars. I follow you through the dark, can't get enough. 
inside my brain And baby, you know it's obvious I'm a sucker for you show this week we've been hyping up for a couple weeks and i am excited it's gonna be something a little bit different but still a little bit of the same that makes no sense whatsoever but it will as you make yourself through the uh through the interview but we have with us two guests on the 96th episode of soccer chat and it, it we this will be uh, nick you're gonna really like this one i know you've been you've been hyped up since we started talking that we were going to do this one but we have with us from the kentucky fire juniors laura Grau here and we also have from Technique Football. Now, I want to make sure because she's recently married. I want to make sure I get this right. Are you going hyphenated name or just the new name? So actually, neither. I'm I'm going to be Yael Averbush West. So my actual, I'll have two last names. Okay. Because I wanted to make my name even more confusing and complicated. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, I'm glad we got the clarification. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so of course we have you know, Averbush West with us. Uh and you know, we are here at Soccer Chat to know who you are, the coach now, to know what you're doing. That was like a very northern of me, to know um to know what you're how you're involved with the the soccer community now. We kind of got to know where you've been and how you got to where you're at now. So whoever wants to jump first and and jump in and, and kind of give everybody a brief background. Uh, if you got to go into the U8 days, talk about uh, whether you had seven clean sheets in a row or you scored 20 goals as a U8er, uh, you know, whoever wants to step up, go ahead. Laura, let's learn about you. I don't know that much about your background, so I'm curious. Okay. Um, so born and raised in Kentucky, in Lexington, grew up playing soccer, club, ODP, kind of whatever, and went to play in college, played at Center College, the small D3 school in central Kentucky, hence Center College. Got hurt there, kind of lost the game, um, injuries, mental health stuff, took a step back, graduated, didn't have a plan, talked to a director of coaching in Kentucky and was like, hey, give me a team anywhere. And I started coaching in a U9 academy and then decided that that's a lot more fun than using my chemistry major in a lab. And it just kind of took off from there. Um, I've been really fortunate to work with um, some of the better clubs in Kentucky with Lexington FC. I'm now currently about to start my sixth year with Kentucky Fire Juniors up in Louisville. Um, still work with Kentucky ODP, help out kind of wherever I get a chance, coach at a high school here with Mercy Academy. Um, and just kind of made it work and made a career out of it. And I'm fortunate enough that that's a full-time job now as of almost a year ago now, which is pretty cool. So I guess my official title is Director of Communications at KFJ, but I'm also a staff coach there. So I work with currently a U16 and a U19 team but I've ran sessions with everybody from U9 up through those U19s. And, I mean, you're, you you can brag on yourself. We allow you guys to brag. Like, United Soccer Coaches, 30 under 30 member this past year. Me and Sean yeah. applied a million times. We were not good enough. So it's nice when we actually meet. Hold on. No, 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 no. Nick's telling that wrong. <laughs> I was told to apply for it when I was 31. And I was like, it doesn't work out that way. To be fair, I found out I got it about seven days before I actually turned 30. So I was very, very briefly a 30 under 30 and then mostly a 30 at 30. 
Um, but again, it was one of those things that it, I didn't expect. Um, I know so many great young coaches, and I think there are so many fantastic coaches that apply for it. It really shocked me that they put me in it. Um, it it's cool to be a part of it. It's been a neat program to, to learn from and, and be in, but it still wasn't something that you would have asked me, and I would have been like, yeah, absolutely, I should be a part of this. It's just it's a cool thing that I've, I'm hoping will open some new doors and grant some new connections, and we'll be able to go from there on to the next step. And it's why we're going to start the 40 under 40, but over 30. Uh, we're trying to get United soccer coaches to do the that. 31 to 40 under 40. Like <laughs> yes. If you very, are 31 to 40, you qualify. We need a very distinct demographic that me and Sean qualify for so that we can we can actually fit in at some point. And I still won't get in, but I, we're trying to get Nick involved as much as possible. <laughs> But yeah, what was that? So growing Kentucky, what was it like the transition for you? Go, like you played at Center College, very similar to me, actually. I was a D3 player at Loris College. What was it like making the transition going from being a collegiate student athlete? You said you got hurt. And then get, did you get into coaching then while you were in school? Um, I helped out with the club team for a little bit when I was there for a year. I, I to some extent, had a falling out kind of with my college team, my college coach around everything. There was no way um, as a person that I could compete with everything else I had going on in my life. So I kind of took a step back and there were some burnt bridges there that that did get repaired in a really cool way. I was actually able to go back to center and serve as a volunteer assistant for a couple of years. Um, it was important for me to kind of put a bookend on that chapter and close it the right way. So I had like a really long conversation with my college coach where we sat down and kind of worked through all of the, you know, he didn't understand me at the time. I didn't understand what was going on there. And I've got a couple of conference championships rings chilling. Got to go to the NCAA tournament a couple of times with them as a coach. And I think that was kind of one of those things where I realized this is awesome. Like I want to be a part of it. So it was not the path through the center women's soccer program that I thought I was going to take. It was a little bit roundabout in a sense, but it led to where I was now having that opportunity to coach with their staff there and, and be a part of it kind of in a different capacity was really cool and let continue to motivate me to find ways to get involved and find ways to coach. That's awesome. And then where'd the transition to club coaching come from? I honestly called the director of Kaiso when I was graduated and I said, just tell me where I can coach in Lexington. I just, I want to find a way to do something with soccer again. And he told me, call Michelle Rayner. She's running a United Academy with Commonwealth. You need to coach under her. And I said, okay. So I coached under Michelle for a year, um, met Kimberly Vaughn, and Megan Skinner, her two other like great female coaches that I have always looked up to. And they kind of took me under their wing and I was with them there. And they said, hey, we're switching clubs. Come with us. And went to LFC and then kind of hit a point where I felt like I needed a change of pace. You know, Lexington was home. Mobile's not that far away with it being an hour and a half. But it just kind of it's nice to be out of your bubble. Found a way to Louisville, kind of made things work and, you know, Four and a half years later, had a full-time job coaching soccer, which is still decently surreal on my end. But I couldn't be happier getting to say that I do that for a living. Like, that's still a crazy thought in my mind. Well, I, I love that you kind of have a similar background to me where I was a math major. And, like, the amount of times I use that nowadays is I, I don't. And so, like, I, have to, I constantly thank my parents for, like, hey, like, thanks for the help. And I'm sorry I don't do anything that has remotely do with the degree you helped me out with. To be fair, I tutored student athletes for the University of Kentucky for like four years when I was in Lexington. And then I worked with student athletes at UofL for almost five years when I moved up to Louisville. So I tutored like math chemistry stuff. So 
don't think that's necessarily what a chem degree is for from Center College. Most of my friends have like PhDs and are doctors or pharmacists or dentists. But like, you know, I help some kids learn basic gen chem and algebra and stuff. So I got to use it a little bit alongside coaching for a bit there. You used it like 300% more than I used my math degree, like at all, like not even a little bit, but it'd be different if they had, if Nick was teaching math, but they have him teach sports leadership. Um, That's not quite the same. Yeah. Well, they actually let me pick the classes I teach and I teaching math sounded like really boring. So I I, I chose not to do that route. It, It seemed like a better idea. Just like, well, and the other thing is like with sports leadership, I can like get my students to research coaches for me and then present it to me so I just get to like learn all the time like it was just like a loophole that I figured out that could maybe like help me professionally down the road that you just admitted out in public and your university is going to make you teach math now I really hope not no one in my university listens to this <laughs> we drink too many beers on this show from my university to to listen to this one but no but no that's awesome that's a really cool story to kind of how you got to where you are now and I want to make sure I'm saying this right I don't know if I've ever heard Yale am I saying that right yeah, yeah, L. So two syllables. Yeah, L. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And kind of so like you're gonna catch yeah, L. Yeah, L. <laughs> That's perfect. I don't know if anyone's ever said that before, but you need no, to. No, that, that was good. That was good. But it, same thing. Give us a little bit of background, kind of how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I'm, I'm from North Jersey originally, and uh, started playing soccer just because my friend in grade school played. And uh, really soon after I started playing, probably, you know, I, I remember being nine years old and writing in my journal that I wanted to be a professional soccer player when I grew up. And I, I had no idea what that meant or anything, but I was really serious kind of from that point on. And now that I look back, basically, like treated my life since I was, a, I mean, young teenager, even almost like I was a professional soccer player, like everything I did and every decision I made was based on my end goal of playing professionally. I wanted to go to UNC and play for the Tar Heels. I wanted to play on the national team and uh, was very fortunate to be able to do those things. Um, So I went to play college soccer at the University of North Carolina. And then following that um, actually was the beginning of WPS, the second pro league in our country for women. So I got to, you know, right when I left college, I was drafted to play for Sky Blue FC. So I came back to New Jersey, which was really cool for the first two years of my professional career. And since that time, I, I've played 10 seasons professionally, you know, all around the country and the world. And I have kind of uh, realized that, you know, being a pro player is has to do a lot more with uh, some of the times the logistics surrounding the actual game and moving your life and making decisions surrounding, like, making it an actual career. So in a lot of ways, um, you know, I've, I've lived my childhood dream, so I feel very fortunate, but I've also had to kind of, find some different paths and different routes to do things because it wasn't necessarily what I thought of as a kid and what you think of, you know, when you think of a male professional player, sometimes in the women's game, it's very different. So um, that being said, alongside my playing career, I always kind of look to do something a little more and extra one to supplement my income, but also to kind of give me that mentally to give me some stability and be able to control things in my life when I couldn't control much of my, you know, the surroundings in terms of, my playing situation. So whether it was blogging, speaking about my experiences in the game, and then eventually later developing a YouTube channel with a lot of training ideas, which then spiraled into now my business, which is Technique Football. And actually to kind of bring everyone up to speed, this season I actually am am not playing, which is the first time in my life I've ever 
really since I can remember, not not been playing. It's because I have an illness called ulcerative colitis. I'm very open about it. It's um, a digestive illness, inflammation in the intestines, and it's it's freaking brutal. I won't share any details um, unless people want to know. I'm happy to share details. But uh, is, yeah, is it similar like, to diverticulitis? Uh, so I'm not that familiar, but it's it's basically. Um, if anyone's familiar with Crohn's disease, it's like has some mm. similar symptoms. So basically, okay. I just I have to go to the bathroom a lot and sometimes very urgently, and it's just it's not. Um, so for like understanding that, you can imagine why playing professional sports is not an easy thing when you're feeling like that. And like I've been, you know, honestly, I've been like bedridden at times at home, stuck in the house, and doing a lot better now, but just not in a place to be ready to compete and, and play at the highest level of the game. So I'm um, kind of shifting my focus this year a little bit on one, getting totally healthy, also continuing to grow my business and, um, you know, work with coaches and players all around the country and the world to help, um, I'd say, like, kind of change the culture associated with training on your own, which is something I've focused a lot on throughout my career. And then also this year, I'm um, leading up the NWSL Players Association. So I'm very, very involved in the league still, very involved in the game. I'm, I'm always going to be uh, involved in some capacity, whether it's playing or otherwise. So kind of been brought full circle in terms of like my involvement this year and, um, and not actually – especially at the moment but i still consider myself a player that's awesome i mean i don't know how many people have this story with you but my actually first like exposure to you as a player was you're in tobin heath's like trick shot battle back in it would have been like probably like 2012 2013 and the only thing i really remember on the video is like you guys playing soccer tennis over a guy that was like pumping balls at the time and it was, I just remember thinking like at the time, I was like, this is, this is so cool. Like it was, it was pretty funny. Like how many people have come up to you and like gotten to know you through like your social media or your YouTube or like that video or something like that? Oh, I think a lot of people, I mean that, you know, that video especially I think is funny because it's one of those things, I don't know if you guys have experiences like this, but like when you do something and you don't think anyone will see it ever really, like I, I didn't. Like if I'm now looking back, like I wish I'd freaking like brush my hair. I don't know. <laughs> but we filmed this video and we're like, oh, this is fun, whatever. And then it comes up all the time now. So I'm kind of like, shoot, I wish I paid a lot more attention to what I was actually doing, saying how I looked and everything. But yeah, that video comes up a lot. And I think, I think the way a lot of people kind of think of me or know me has to do with some of my presence on the internet with like some training ideas and funny videos with just things surrounding the game. Um, because that's my life, you know, it's, it's what I do and what I'm passionate about. So it's ended up in a lot of places with different kind of funny offbeat stuff that maybe isn't so typical of professional players. Usually. If we were to redo that video, we'll let you redo your hair, do whatever you got to. Would you let us film it? Oh yeah. If we could do a, a reenactment, that'd be good. Yeah. I'm in for that. Like version 2.0. Yes. Was well, kind of like the, uh, what was the goalkeeper from, uh, UNC Asheville a few years ago? He was doing like the Angry Bird trick shots, the goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, he did like 3.0, 2.0, stuff like that. It's like, we could do 2.0. You can make the announcement, you know, my hair's looking tight today. This is how I want to look now that I've looked back on it. Yeah, but you know that when you prepare for people to actually see it, then no one will see it. It's only the times <laughs> when you don't when you don't know that people see but it. But you can always share that one. You don't have to share the older one. True, true. <laughs> so you mentioned the, the, the Technique Football app. 
uh, you know, for those who, who may be uh, uh, living under a bush and, and don't know about it, uh, you know, how, how would you describe it to somebody who, who has never heard of it before? So basically, um, it, it's a, like, anyone can download it from the App Store. It's an app in the App Store. And the idea is that it provides players with a blueprint for their individual training where they need very minimal space and equipment. So the whole idea is how can you do really functional quality training that matters and will apply in the game and give you the tools necessary to succeed in the game, but without needing your parents to drive you to a field or to buy anything special. Like really our kind of tagline is all you need is a ball and a wall. So you don't even need a training partner. It, It creates the independence for players and gives them that blueprint to follow. And the app provides a new weekly technical session um, as well as allowing players to track how much time they've spent training in the app. It tracks, you know, the time you spent training and then also allows players to track their progress and scores and certain times drills. So it, it gives individuals that um, the experience that I feel like I was really fortunate to have as a young player, I had some really good coaches and mentors growing up who showed me things and I was obsessed with not trying to master them. And I had that guidance, but, some players don't have that guidance and maybe would train or would develop that love of the game and love of the ball. And I really think that's where the lasting love of the game comes from when you had an individual relationship with the game. So even if you look at all of us here, like we're soccer people and for in whatever way we have our individual relationship with the game. And for me, it was always the time I spent on my own with the ball. And so my aim through the app is to kind of share that experience and that learning process with players. And it's about more than the training. It really is about, understanding the process of striving for achieving certain goals and, and mastering something. Um, but in addition to that, we I've been working a lot with coaches and clubs to implement it as part of what clubs can offer their players. So players can anywhere can download it and, and start to train individually. But then we work with some larger organizations to offer it now as added value to what they already do with their players at training. And that's, that's actually how I know Laura. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we work closely together to implement Techni as part of uh, her club culture and something that, that they encourage their players to do. It doesn't necessarily have to be while she's with them at training or while the other coaches in the club are with them at training. Because we all know coaches at training have such limited time with their players, and that's not when players need to be getting those technical reps in that they can do on their own. You're very awesome at Segway, so I can tell you you have a, a massive broadcasting career uh, in your future. Um, so great segue and tie into to my next question was, Laura, how did you get uh, – was it a kind of a guinea pig where you just used one team? Or was it – you know, how did you your club get involved with Technique Football? So I saw it on, on Twitter, on social media, and actually first used it Twitter with – Twitter gang, what up? Um, and, yes, I, I used it with my high school for a little bit. Um, just as like kind of a supplement to practice, it was important for me to find a way to kind of give them their Saturdays back and we do some running that they track on their own. And then that was a great second piece that we could add in. So instead of me asking these kids to drive in, it's a private school. So, you know, drive in, be a part of this, you lose three, four hours every day. You can own your development, which is a hashtag that I love that they use all the time um, and do that on your own and do it at home and find it when it fits your day. So there were kids that would get up and do it in the morning and they're done and that's it. And there were kids that would probably wait till Sunday evening, knowing that they had to have it done before they come to practice the next day. And then with my club side, it was something that I just I kind of kept annoying the people above me until they like sat down and really looked at it and said, let's take it. Let's take it to the people that actually make the decisions and make the investments on the monetary side and then. 
once they got it, it was just a lot of plugging into Excel sheets and slowly getting people to use it. And the younger players have absolutely eaten it up and love it and are always telling me, like, can't wait to get my next socks. You got to post a picture of me when I get them there. I get emails from parents that are like, you took this picture last week. Where is it? And it's like <laughs> 15 pairs of socks over the last week, especially over the winter when they're indoors a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to give your kid their whole day. Just be patient. So <laughs> one of those things that it just, it took a while to kind of get it rolling. And we had a lot of coaches that were hundred percent behind it and started to tell their players, Hey, you know, every time you ask me what you should be doing, it's right there. It's on your cell phone. It's on your iPad ask your parents and then the parents love it because they now get to see their kid investing in their time. And, and it, I guess, you know, if you're a parent, you're going to spend a lot of money, which club soccer can be very expensive to see your kid now say, this is a decision that I want to make to go spend 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes to be better today. I think is a good payoff on that end as well. That's how I noticed was the pictures from the socks. Like I, that's, that's what made me look into what technique football is like, how, yo, these socks are, I like these socks. How are these kids get these socks? We have and then, a second kid that just hit a hundred hours and I have her socks, purple socks sitting on my desk that I need to find her probably tomorrow to give them to her. So we've had two kids that have gotten over a hundred hours now. I think we've given out close to 75 pairs of socks at like dang. 50, 75 and a hundred hour mark. Um, so it's so cool. And then like, you give it to them in front of their teammates and all their teammates are jealous. And then they go work to try and get the next socks. And, and we make little competitions between teams and stuff. And we actually had three little U11 kids that were trying to beat each other in a monthly competition to the point that they got emails from Technique saying, are you okay? Is there <laughs> with your account? And I've never seen little kids more scared that they were going to lose all this time. <laughs> when they came to me the next day at training and they're like, I got an email. Are they going to take it away? I'm in first. They can't take my time. <laughs> to have these kids, like they're like, so-and-so just does it in the morning before her parents make her go to class because her, her parents take her to school early and that's not fair. So they're like finding <laughs> ways to get it in. And, and, and that's awesome. Like to have kids want to do it on their own. And instead of us telling them that's the dream, that's what you want is for them to really decide that it's going to be their process and their growth and then just go with it. I feel like Nick's going to go out and get a hundred hours now so he can get a pair of socks. I mean like a hundred hours, man. They're nice. I don't know if my dedication to my soccer foot skills right now is quite at that level. I I would have to, I would have to change some other lifestyle habits right now that they like (laughs) mainly like cutting out like all the pizza I eat every single week. Can go to Dairy Queen twice a day. You can do that and sell train. I've done it. That's true. Yeah, I think you could pull it off, Nick. <laughs> we we could test it. Wait, I mean, I could be our guinea pig for this. If can you be a thirty-one-year-old, eat pizza and Dairy Queen every week, and still get your hours in? That that should be the next test. I get, and get a pair I of dope socks from Laura, <laughs> dude. I, I would crush it. I, I think I think I don't know. I think I got a shot, but. Laura, have you noticed a difference with your players in their comfort on the field since this? I think our youngest players are the ones that kind of ate it up the most. Um, And it definitely helped when we had a ton of, ton of indoor training through the winter months. And there are definitely some kids that you see willing to try stuff on the ball and willing to just, you know, they have a ball at their feet all the time. There's parents that have noticed it, which is probably almost the bigger thing. I think as a coach, maybe you see some things here or there that maybe a parent doesn't see. When a mom or dad comes up to you and they're like, hey, so-and-so feels a lot more comfortable on the ball. And you can tell, like, she is okay with trying these things that you're asking her to try. Um, Throughout, like, the 
winter and the fall, I was around the younger kids a little bit more. And then I transitioned back into some older teams during the spring. So I haven't seen the little ones quite as much as I would have liked, but I know that it's been, been good. And I've gotten feedback from different parents that have said, we love this. It's great. You know, he has 15, 20 minutes and now it's not asking me what I'm supposed to do. They're like, Hey, can I take the iPad outside and do this? And it's those little things and those little moments I think that really add up over the, over the course of it when kids fall in love with what they're doing and want to do it. That's the goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. When you were starting, this was that kind of your vision. Like, is that, I guess for you, I mean, you started doing this probably for just a love of the game and wanting to be around the ball and that innately gave you more comfort on the ball. Was that kind of one of the reasons, like, why did you start this in the first place? Yeah, so I think for me, like I kind of said earlier, like the time with the ball aspect, I think throughout my career has hands down been the most empowering and most enjoyable part of my personal experience in the game. And I think the cool thing and what I try to stress through technique football is that like there aren't that many things as players that we actually have control over. Like your coach can decide how much time you play, if you make the team or not. The ref makes decisions, your teammates do things, the opponent does things, the weather, whatever, like injuries. There's so much that happens that is not in the player's control. Uh, parents, how they act, all these things. But like as a player, whether you're, you can use your right and left foot, if you can pass and strike the ball well, if you're comfortable trapping the ball, all these things are totally in your control. And it just has to do with how much time you've spent on them. So I know for me, it's been the most empowering thing because I, you know, I've had times where I've been cut from a team where I don't play at all in the game. I go out with my ball, I go to the wall, I put on my music and I play. And so for me, I think like I, what's been very interesting with the app is seeing like, I knew there were going to be kids out there like me who would just connect with it immediately and be all over it. But I think what's the coolest thing is to see, especially with big groups and clubs is to see it implemented because I think, and and Laura, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is what I've seen with a lot of clubs. It's like you have your kids that anything extra, whatever's out there, they're going to be finding like the top resources. Probably like I'd say the top 10% are like seeking these things out. They're going to be all about it. You have the bottom 10% who like are just doing soccer as a, because their parents put them in it. It's another activity. Even if you make something mandatory, like they might not do it. They might not even download the app. Who knows? But then you have this middle crowd, and this is, to be honest, a group that I didn't really even think that much of because I'm such an extreme person. I'm all about, like, I'm so all or nothing. I would never be in, like, the middle zone. I would either do it all out or I probably wouldn't do it at all. Um, But there's this middle group of players in our country who are part of clubs especially who I think given the right incentives and – like given what whatever it is, if it's the socks that motivates them, if it's the leaderboards and like competing against their teammates, if it's the fact that the coach um, praised someone else for doing extra work and then they're like, oh, wait, I want to get praised. Whatever it is, we have this now this 10 percent doing all this extra and stuff turns into 20 percent and 30 percent. And I think what Laura said that's really valuable. It takes a little time to catch on. But that's how culture works. Like. It's very rare to implement a tool, implement something new within a group, and it immediately takes hold. It takes a little bit of time and thought and coaches talking about it and things like that. And and then the spiral is actually like really impressive and fantastic. And you have kids who, you know, I've had parents email me saying their kid was kind of like just would come along to practice because the, the guy, the dad was the coach and like was one of the weaker players on the team and had no confidence and didn't really enjoy the game. And then all of a sudden this player – has like a 20 day training streak in the app and got her yellow socks, which is the first level and like loves playing soccer is confident. So I think it's about so much more than like 
using moves and games and things like that. It's the confidence and the comfort on the ball and the joy that comes from feeling like you're in control and you can take your parents' iPad outside and, and get better and see your scores improving and get praised by your coaches at practice because they can see that you've trained extra that week. So there's so many pieces to it that have actually really pleasantly surprised me, I'd say. Like I wasn't intending for that consequence, but it's really cool to see. And it's, it's about more than the soccer skills for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think something we talk a lot with our younger kids are about are like building good habits. And if you can build that habit where a kid now says, if I have an extra 30 minutes today, 15 of them are going to be me looking to do something with soccer. Like that's fantastic. And again, I think our younger kids are probably the ones that have bought into it the most which is even better because these habits that they're forming at 11, 12, 13, 14 are what carries over to when they get into high school or when they start going through those times where there are more restricted minutes because of just how subbing works in some of the higher leagues. So now they have this habit built in that, Hey, I spend 30 minutes a week doing this extra and the time really adds up. And I think like just that, that big habit is, is the best part of it is that they own it and they, understand it and they want to continue to do it yeah well, I think, oh sorry please. well i was gonna say one thing because you brought up about you know, like with the leaderboard and stuff like that this day and age everything being not so big social media presence i think oh, for me you know that was how i took notice was you posting you know the the leaderboard yeah. each week and and the kids winning the prizes and i'm sure that you know kids take a lot of pride when their name's on that leaderboard and they can share it or they can like it tweet it out or the parents can do the same so like how much of have, have you noticed like that side of it like really helped you as well for me, like in my role, my job is just to like highlight how awesome the kids that we have are. So to give us another avenue to highlight kids that, you know, their kids on, on red teams that are our top teams or white teams that are our middle second teams and then Navy teams that are, are the next team. And for all of them to be on equal footing, it's not just the red team getting recognized. It's not just the top team. This is something completely that you are in charge of. So you'll see different colors next to the age groups for different teams. And there will be weeks that you'll see more maybe second and third team kids on it than top team kids. Um, I think that's been cool. You know, I get inevitably I like spell one kid's name wrong and I get an email because they were ready to share it. And grandma was so ready and I messed it up. Um, But it's cool. You know, it's the parents love being able to celebrate their kids. The kids love us being able to celebrate them from a club point of view, you know, what are we doing if we're not here to just celebrate the successes of the young people that we get to work with? And this is just another way for us to track that and be excited for them and motivate them to continue to doing the things that they to continue to keep doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, no, I think the thing for me that it's just coming from a college coach perspective, I think what you guys are doing is awesome because I really do think there's a certain group that comes through right now that is trained very well tactically in terms of like, they understand how to play in a flat back. They understand positioning in a four, three, three, but when you get them in a complex situation with the ball, they run out of ideas. And I really do think there's been this like group over the past few years where it's definitely been lost on them. The ability to have individual comfort on the ball that you just don't see as often anymore. Yeah, and I think um, just to speak to that, I think like what technique, you know, people often, I think when it comes to skill training, get confused because they see some some drills and they're like, well, that's not game realistic. You wouldn't dribble through cones. You wouldn't do this. That's not the point. The point is the comfort level. Like 
those are the tools that then get brought to the tactical situation. So the more tools a player has and the more comfortable they are, then when you as a coach say, okay, well, get out of pressure, like there's no one answer, but the more comfortable someone is, the more they can do that. Or if the ball comes to them in a way they've never seen before, but they've experienced something similar in training, it just it just allows for that comfort. I think that's really what it is. But what what I was going to say before, and this is just a small point to add on to what Laura was saying. And by the way, we need a we need a Laura at every club in the country. Yes. Um, I'm going to start a petition. Bring Laura <laughs> to every club. Um, fine. But, I tried to I tried to be the Laura at my club. Yeah, you, you can do it. I, I attempted. I attempted. You need like you need to shave and get like a little bit of a, a man bun. Yeah, you gotta get a little <laughs> like, I mean, we're almost matching with like the shirts and everything. Yeah. So yeah, you are really trying to look like her. <laughs> um, but I think the cool thing that players can see is that, like, I actually for something did this math the other day. Is like if you did ten minutes a day throughout the year, that's over sixty hours of training extra. So I think that there's often a misconception that like to train on your own, you need to do hours and hours of work. It literally is a matter of 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, training is rained out, and then extra 30 minutes, you show up early, extra five minutes. And the app allows the players to see that adding up, actually, like, in their stats and numbers. It's something that, you know, as a more, as an adult, like, we realize those things, how much a few minutes every day and the consistency matters. But sometimes without actually tracking, it's hard to see that as a young person. So this actually lets them see, like, if they just do a little bit every day, their numbers start to add up over time, over a month, they're going to have something impressive. They're going to be on the leaderboard over a year. It's going to be really impressive. And I think that's kind of like addicting to, to somebody who's an athlete, especially because we're all competitive people. We want to see top numbers and rankings that are good and things like that. Look, I, what, Nick had brought up the, the college aspect of it. And I kind of want to go back to the, the high school thing with how Laura used it with her group. Is this something that your group, your high school group is doing all year long, or are they just doing that like in the season? We just use it for the season this past year. Um, I think for the group that I'm working with, they're a great group of young women that are working to be better at soccer. So the more that I could let them kind of take ownership of our team and of our success through little things like, Hey, I'm going to give you your Saturday. I'm going to give you your weekend. You're going to be in charge of going for this run and sending me a screenshot when you're done and getting this much time on the ball. It takes it from being something where they're showing up and, and you have to do this and you have to do this to them saying, I'm doing this for the betterment of the people around me. Um, so that's kind of my mindset on why we didn't train on Saturdays. And again, it was something that we worked out through the course of the season that we used it. Um, some of them actually play in the club that I'm at at KFJ. So they still have access to it then. And I've already had a couple ask, you know, hey, are we bringing that back again in the fall? So it's something that we'll look at how we budget it around the players that we have for them to have access to it then. But um, they liked it. It was it was good for them. We had kids coming back from different injuries that you could say, grab your headphones and grab your phone. That's, that's your quarter of the field. Go do what you need to do if you need a cone, if you need – ladder if you need to go use a wall you do you need to to get back where you need to go to so it was was good in a lot of different ways and then how like how would you market it to to a college coach like nick who's who's thinking oh like this would be something that you know especially like with uh with with him at d3 and even the d2 level you know there's so much limited time that the coaches have with those players this is a way that they could somehow almost uh for those hours that they're not getting with the players now use this app 
Yeah, actually, to be honest, I when I was coming up with this and like really about to launch it, I had a big like market I had in mind were college teams because I know how it is in the off season in college. You get your fitness packet with your lifting and running, and then it's like this part in the bottom is like, oh, and spend time with the ball. <laughs> but, and, I, That's exactly what Nick says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nick, you write that in there, spend time with it all. Um, but I mean, I was always a player who loved being creative and the spend time with the ball was like the part I did first. But for a lot of players, like that gets either thrown by the wayside or they're like, spend time with the ball, they like kick it around a little, but they run out of ideas. And so for me, I was like, oh, well, this is perfect because this could be the spend time with the ball. This is literally a training program. The players can hold one another accountable on the leaderboards if the coaches can't look at it or whatever it is. And actually what surprised me is um, that, like, actually, and I was thinking, you know, when I did that, I was like, okay, UNC women's soccer, like I had all these like top programs in my mind, division one programs. And, and some of them are using it, which is awesome. It's very rewarding for me to be able to give back to to my alma mater. But at the same time, we've actually had a lot more division two and three schools use the app because of these restrictions. And I'm not that in tune with the rules and stuff I'm learning as I go, because some of the programs will need their, the managers will need the leaderboards turned off. So they are not, they can't see because it's there's violations there and things like that. So they can't see how much the players are working and all the, these little things that now I'm realizing are rules. But um, we have a lot of, especially division two, but division two and three schools who use this as something that they offer to their players either through the, the spring and summer or even some of them year round because a lot of college teams too carry huge rosters. So like I know at UNC, we often had over 30 players. And I mean, even if you sub a lot like UNC does, you're going to have five or 10 players who barely play in the game. And this can be something that they can do. Again, they don't need to go out for two hours after the game. They can spend 30 minutes in the racquetball court on campus or whatever after the game doing some extra work and feel like they got a physical workout a little bit, but also we're attending to attending to their game skill wise. So um, definitely college teams are a huge, a huge part of this. And mm-hmm. like everything I think that happens in life and in business, like it's always surprising me the direction it takes and the schools that I've not heard of that reach out and, and want to use it. And we have a number of those. So it's been pretty cool to be able to connect with coaches literally all over the country and players who I maybe never would have got to interact with and who now are using that. I, we got to touch on this a little bit, but how did you guys get connected? Um, well, I think it was just that Laura, yeah, I think Laura just signed up literally. And then yeah. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then we, we had emailed. I'm, I mean, I, we have a very small, it's me and Laura actually got to meet, meet my little staff yeah. at the convention, but it's me, my business partner, who's also the developer. He's not a soccer guy, but he does all the coding and everything. He's slowly learning about the soccer world. And then I, um, to have two, uh, one current pro and one former pro player who, uh, who also work for the company. So really, you know, when someone signs up, if it, I usually am in some way going back and forth with them, if it's not somebody directly related. So it's not like we have a big team here. If, you know, if there's a customer support issue or an issue, like Laura emailed me the other day and was like, Hey, something's weird with the leaderboards. And I was like, Oh shoot, we had a little bug. We fixed it. So I go back and forth with Laura all the time. And, um, and through our social media, which I don't even run anymore, we, we always see like Laura's posting of the leaderboards and the pictures of the players with their socks has been really, really good for us marketing wise, because we love to share those things and yeah. show, show the app in use in real time. Like this is how it's, it's being applied in the real world. And so uh, we actually use, we have this little list of kind of best practices for clubs and literally we, 
we went down the list of like everything that Laura does with her club. And we were like, this is how, because it's true. It's that it doesn't take that much no. actual work. It doesn't have to interfere with your curriculum. It's not hours and hours of doing anything or organizing. You get your team set up in the system, which is probably the most time consuming part. You upload your rosters and these spreadsheets. And then after that, the the system is all there. You you can get an email sent to you with the leaderboards each week. So to just post um, all the tracking is kind of done in our little manager portal. So we try to make it um, as easy as possible for the coaches to do what Laura does and to just keep supporting and rewarding the kids. And it's as simple as talking about it pretty often, I think. And this is literally like our best practices come from this. It's like post the leaderboards, reward the kids and acknowledge their work. Let them know that you're seeing the work they're putting in in whatever way it is, if it's rewarding them with the socks, if it's just calling them out at practice, like players love that. Everyone wants to be acknowledged for doing extra or more. And so the more that clubs can do that, and like Laura said, it's a fun, it's something clubs should want to do is highlight yeah. their players' accomplishments. It's not like a, a burden or <laughs> like taking tons of their time. It's something cool that they can do. So, um, so yeah, we, we literally just got connected because she signed up and we went back and forth via email, but it, but since then, I mean, we watch closely what she does because we literally send it to other clubs and say, hey, copy this model. Well, that's a lot of pressure now. Yeah, so don't mess up. If I, if I can get my yeah. club on it, I'm coming for Laura's title. Yeah. Come well, on. I would love if people were competing with Laura for this title. Because <laughs> like, the way you guys are explaining everything, like it's making me think of – like with my club, how our curriculum is set up, like this would be perfect for like our winter sessions where, mm-hmm. cause we spend so much time on foot skills and technical stuff. And there's very, 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 very little time for actual like gameplay. So if this was a way that, and we only do it one day a week. So, Hey, you know, use your other days of the week to use this app. And then let's use this one hour block that we get a week to actually get like a, a scrimmage or a small sided games, whatever it may be in. And we can still get everything that they're needing to in that little time that we do have yeah. together. Uh, and, and just overall, it, it, it boggles my mind how any club, any team can think something like that is a bad thing. Like I, I forget what show we, we were talking one day and I'm a massive, massive technological guy and every kid has their phone now. Every single kid has their phone. Basically, if you have a high school age player, they have a phone. Even the six-year-olds, unfortunately. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But like now, and and I mentioned on the show too. Like I'm becoming more into player accountability. Like I want them to see themselves develop. It doesn't take a pat on the back for me all the time. Like I want them to be able to see it. And so now that they all have a phone, they can have the app. They can do it. They can see their progress. Their their coaches, their club directors can see the the progress. Like. Why would anyone say, I ah, know it's just not, it's just, I don't see how it works. No, it totally works. Like it, it's mind boggling. This is the 21st century for crying out loud. Yeah. I think to be honest, I think the thing is that it is a shift in the, it's, it's a culture shift. And that's yeah. why I think that clubs, I mean, I believe that the price point and the actual value add are like a no brainer or, or to add something. I mean, even if it's another tool that does this, like, I don't really think there's anything out there right now that does the exact same thing as technique, but to offer something to your players, because like you said, like when you're with them the one day a week in a group setting, they should be playing in a group setting. Yes. They, everyone wants to scrimmage. And when you're with a group, like anytime I'm with a group, I'm freaking playing. Even if it's four people, we're playing 2v2. I don't need four people to come with me and need to juggle and pass and trap. Like I could do that on my own. I wouldn't play when I'm with people. So Preach, me, queen. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's just like the it's the effort to shift the club culture a little bit. 
And I think that some people don't want to put that effort or a little nervous about the effort of making a change. And it's not a big change, but if you're like, my feeling on it is that if you're going to pay for a resource, it's absolutely necessary to implement it as part of the culture of your club. And that I think is where people get a little caught up and it's like, is this something culturally we want to do? And that's, I mean, that is, that is the decision of a group. And if like the, there are some college teams or some high school teams that may just not like, they may not know that their player is not going to train on their own. Okay, fine. So there's not much you can do to incentivize people if they just don't want to do it. But I think if you're able to see it as, as that culture shift, then I think, um, I think that's like where it becomes really cool for groups. Yeah. And I get, so like Laura, with your experience with it, is it, is it something where you kind of really pushed it with like maybe the younger groups and watched how as, as it grows to where, you know, by the time that, you know, whatever the, the youngest age that you had with it, you know, when they're the oldest ones that like, it's not even going to be a question, like everybody's doing it ever. It's just like a natural part of their participation with your club. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, when you have a bunch of high school kids and they have 10,000 things going on to say, take 10 minutes to do anything is sometimes tough. Um, you see, see kids that'll come in and out of like, you know, they'll have a week off. So they'll do it a little more or they'll have an injury. So they're working their way back. So they'll do it a little more, but it's the little ones that I think like that habit and that foundation of saying like, I'm in charge of how good I want to be as a soccer player is a really important thing for them. Um, and just empowering them to know that like so much of this is going to be really dependent on what they want to make of it. And this quite literally is set up that way. Technique is what you make it. And there are kids that have dove in and, you know, have tons of hours and love it. And there are kids that that's not the way that they're going to do it. And that's fine too. We don't force any kids to do it. We, you know, offer it to them if their parents email and they're like, Hey, we haven't seen this. Can you share a little more? We give them more information. Um, but I think it is kind of like that slow growth over time. And then it also really helps that we have a great group of coaches that are all about it. Like our technical director loves it. Um, you know, these, there are other coaches that you see talking to their teams at the end of the training session saying, especially during those winter months, Hey, make sure you get 15, 20 minutes on your day off. You know, if you're a kid that you feel like maybe you've gotten the short end of the stick on some minutes, here's your avenue to change that. Um, and anytime, again, that whole empowering the kids to, to own what they're going to do and be a part of their development, I think it's a big part of it. And this is just another way that you put the tools in their hands and you let them take control of what they want to do with it. Yeah, I mean, where have you guys or like ever gotten pushback with the people that don't like unopposed training? Like, has there ever been like people that are like pushing back on like, cause I feel like that's like a big hot. It's like three weeks ago on Twitter, somebody went off about it and then it just like went crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think that one, um, yes, there are always more functional things you can do than other things. But I, at the end of the day, Every skill has to be learned in isolation first. You cannot expect a player, if they're truly going to master the ball, that cannot happen under pressure. Like I've literally done this process myself. And there's no way, if you cannot strike the ball well with your laces, you're going to do it, even without pressure of a defender, you're going to do it in training when your coach is watching for the first time. It just doesn't, that's not how the body works. That's not how learning works. It's the same thing on like, Okay, we'll take math, for example, because we were talking about uh, math or, or chemistry. It's like you're not going to do solve something for the first time on a test. 
it takes you you going away and and figuring it out yourself and having your own relationship with it. So then when you're posed the problem on an exam or in a pressure situation, you have the tools necessary to solve it. And I don't, I do not think that technique or the, the training, you know, the unopposed technical training is the answer and can can make or break a player. I don't believe that. But I believe that uh, one, it certainly helps players to gain the tools necessary to then perform and perform in pressure situations and and when it is opposed. But also I think like like we're pointing out is like there's so much more to it than that. It's a lot of it is the mental, emotional, psychological part of feeling that ownership and feeling yourself getting better. And that can happen in a group environment, but I think that um, quite often maybe the players who are not the stars of the team or are not on the the first team, the A team or whatever it is, uh, they don't often feel that satisfaction. So this is an avenue where the player can decide if they feel the satisfaction of getting better. It's not up to the coach or anyone else. So I think, I mean, yes, there are ways that there are certain training drills and things that you can do that are more applicable to the game than others. But I'll say even myself, I get a lot of joy from trying to master things I will never, ever do in the game, but I simply enjoy it. And it helps me. It helps in ways. It helps with my I, juggling with the outside of your foot. That's a random thing you probably never do. It helps with your hip flexibility, balance. There's so many things, coordination. There's so many things that you can learn as an athlete that are unopposed that I think, um, yes, if you have 10 minutes in your whole week that you're going to spend on soccer, I think you should be playing in a game with opposition. If you're already doing that and going to team trainings and then have 10 minutes at home, I definitely think you should go out and juggle or do something else. So, um, you know, there are a lot of arguments here, but I think like every single player around the world has at some point learned the game in isolation. You see things about the best male players who are making multi-millions talking about how they grew up kicking the ball against the wall. And every, you know, Messi, I'm sure, says after training and practices free kicks on his own, even without a goalkeeper. And this is like the tried and true way of learning any skill. I don't think there could be any argument for like that a skill has to be learned under pressure with opposition. I think that's just... I mean, I, w- I would love to talk to somebody about that if they're really going to make that argument. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could find the tweet that kind of yeah. got the big storm going. It was like oh, two yeah, weeks I've ago. I've seen them all over. And somebody had posted, um, their response was, it was a video of some pro player doing a cone drill. And then... It them, was Rachel and then, mainly. It was yeah, yeah, it was, it was Rachel. And it, whatever she was doing in the cone drill, she had act- they showed the, the game clip of her actually doing the move. Uh, and at that point, I was like, well, that was a microphone drop. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's how you put you instrument that into instrument. That's not even a phrase. Um, that's impl- yes. I use implement all the time. How did I not get it right that time? Um, <laughs> but th- that's how you implement, you know, your training in, into a game. And I just, I, you know what? I Like, I really agree with what you said. Like, there are so many things that you can learn from isolation. It's just you, the ball in a wall or you the ball and a goal with no goalkeeper. Like there's so many things that you can learn. And it's almost like that muscle memory that like seeing it happen and just getting that feeling of what it's like when it actually happens that can help players so much. And if that's what, Hey, give me, t- I my, my daughter's just turned five. One of her favorite things walks into a toy box, grabs the thing of cones, goes out, throws them around and then just triples to them and like does like whatever she wants around the cones. And like, you can't that you can't fault kids for wanting to do that because they're getting creative. They're coming up with their own thing, and and now having an app to to do a similar thing, like it, it's perfect. Yeah, and your daughter's balling it up right now. <laughs> she's cracking. 
Well, what can it's I say? One of my favorite, for her age. Yeah, it's one of my favorite videos to watch on Facebook when you post those. Go oh, Quinny, go Quinny. Well, you actually had to stop cheering the other day because she was scoring too many. Yeah, thought, yeah. You were you weren't cheering by like the fifth or sixth goal because I think you felt bad for the kids on the other team that she was just dribbling <laughs> past too easy. Well, the with the thing with her, and this this actually happened Saturday at her game. Uh, so she was pumped because it was like she just had her birthday party and then she's going to her game and she was scoring lots of goals like normal. And one of the boys got mad and started screaming. And her coach was like, you know what? Quinn's awesome. Like she's fast and she can play soccer. Like you want to do the same thing? Get fast and play soccer. So I was just kind of like a, yeah, you tell him coach. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Laura, like kind of going back to you, if you were to give like just blanket advice to someone that's looking to implement this or how to get started with it, what would your advice be about that? Don't set yourself up with massive expectations that everyone is going to love it the instant you give it to them. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time for it to catch on. Um, the second thing is be willing to celebrate any success that they have with it. So if it's a kid that had never done it and did 20 minutes that week, even though this other kid consistently does seven hours a week, you still have to celebrate that kid that started to invest in it and in themselves. Um, and then, you know, in my job, it's awesome. As the director of communications, I get to celebrate them on a grand scale. I get to post them on our social media pages and in our newsletter. Um, I think that's just a big part of it is being willing to go through that process with them and understand that it's not going to be one day they've never done it. And the next day they're going to do it for the rest of their lives. So tell them that, Hey, you're going to do it four days in a row. And then maybe you're going to be sick or you're going to have a lot of schoolwork and your family's going to be out of town and you're going to miss it. But that doesn't mean that that's it. Like pick it up the next day when you get back and just kind of encouraging kids to be a part of it consistently. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think when you give kids tools and help encourage them to continue to use them, there are kids that are going to gonna be all for it and you support them 100%. And there are some kids that are going to be a little bit hesitant and you continue to kind of nudge them that direction and encourage them. And hopefully they find their groove and go with it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think it's cool because like with anything, uh, like, I mean, yeah, you could speak to this a little bit. I think you, it, it's always like, if you ever heard this, seen the TED Talk, it's called like the first follower. Yeah. It's one of my favorite TED Talks of all time. I show it to my my players all the time. And I think, like, Laura, that's, it's pretty cool what you're doing with this is because I think, any, like, like with that TED Talk, any business or anything, like, that involves, like, momentum, you need someone to really get behind it. And I think it's pretty cool that uh, how quickly and how passionately you you got behind this. I mean, like, it, it, it's something that it's not always easy to do. But I, I think what what was your, like, what, what made you decide to, like, really get after it in this way? Um, I mean – for me, part of it was like they gave me this new job and, and I picked the director of communications as my title and I needed things to consistently communicate. And then like all of a sudden I can post pictures of these kids with socks every day. So when they look at it, I'm like, look, I, I did something today. Look, it's here. You can see it. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. Um, so for me, it was really part of my job to find ways to celebrate these kids. And it was easy because now I know every Sunday night, Monday morning, I'm going to get that email with the leaderboard and we're going to throw it up and and we get to talk about those kids for a day um but i think the big thing just with me coaching in general it's not about me it's about what they want to do 
And if, if they want to be fantastic and they want to achieve all of these supremely lofty goals that they set for themselves, even at the age of 9, 10, 11, they're going to have to own it as they do it. And this gives them that opportunity too. It's hard, you know, that, that go spend time with the ball thing is really easy to say. But now I'm saying go spend time with the ball. I'm going to give you a tool and an avenue to set you up for that. And then it just, it lets them do it. And that's a big thing for me, whether it's talking about them being comfortable on a wall in possession, them doing unopposed training, whatever it is. At the end of the day, it's cool that I get to have my name and say, you know, I coached this team and they did that. But it's about what the kids are doing. And it's about them owning it and them being able to be excited when they get their new socks and them being able to score the goal or connect the pass or see that light bulb moment where you're like, wait a second, I can do this. And that's another tool that lets them get there. And if that can help one kid in our club figure out you're better at soccer than you thought you can actually do this it's not this horribly big thing that's overwhelming then i'm behind it 100 percent. i i wish you didn't have to just see like my like i was grinning ear to ear like when you were saying that you can tell like how passionate i'm sorry you just get to see my <laughs> like my triathlon picture when when that's happening but like i was there like smiling stupid just watching you talk about that that was pretty cool um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like really for you, like what advice would you give to a parent or a coach that's trying to get someone in, invested in this that, that is coming from a younger age? I think, I mean, I'm just listening to Laura talk and thinking like, oh, she should be our official spokeswoman because, <laughs> no, I think it's so true though. What you said is that you can't introduce something and expect everyone to immediately adopt it and be all about it. That's just not how things, new things work. And this is pretty new thing or any, anything you were to introduce, any training idea, anything within a club, anything within a family, if a parent is giving their kids something new, it's like, here's what we're going to do. Um, I think that the goal would be to make it seem like something that's fun and valuable and to express your own excitement and interest in it. And then hope that that transfers to the player at some point. And I think like Laura said, she's fortunate to have, other wonderful coaches in the club who are talking about the app and things. So, and I think that's true with anything with being a coach or mentor, whether it's a parent, um, a role model of some sort, any sort of coach, a, a director of a club. Um, the, what you show enthusiasm about is contagious, whether it's, you know, if you are absolutely passionate about watching the game and, and talk about the teams you like and stuff, the players will start to watch the game and want to see, you know, if you always talk about um, Arsenal your, your players are going to tune in there when to watch Arsenal and see what their coach is talking about. If you're always talking about, okay, like, oh, this player did this extra and celebrating the players to do it, other players will want to do that. And that takes time. It's not an immediate thing. But I think I would say to um, continue the enthusiasm and passion surrounding it if it's something you believe in. And I, I would hope that most coaches and parents would believe in something like this, allowing their players to take that ownership. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think it's so important to have the patience with it, but to understand that, the way you talk about something or if you talk about it or not really soaks in with players. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this from my own experience. I can remember things that my parents or a coach told me at a really young age that literally stuck in my mind forever. And they've influenced the way I do every single thing I do in my life. And I can remember coaches who would come to practice and mess around with the ball and catch it on their foot and do things because they love spending time with the ball. And I would just see it and I would say, oh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be able to do that by the next time I come to practice. So I think that... Um, as a somebody who young or old players are looking up to, you don't realize how much soaks in about the things you say, the things you do, what you're excited about. 
And so the best thing you can do is simply to be excited about positive things, whatever that is. If it's a player getting enough sleep or, you know, your kid going out and doing anything with the ball. It doesn't have to be technique football. It can be them going and, and working on some body weight exercises to protect their knees. Whatever it is um, th- that you feel is valuable, expressing that excitement about it and that interest in it is is everything. And, and you don't have to be a soccer expert, even as a coach or parent, to engage with, with players and what they're doing extra. Like my parents never played soccer, and they would be the first to be like, oh, you're going to the schoolyard to kick around? Like, I'll come with you. It's com- company, companionship. Go out in the driveway in the street with your kid or a player and, and watch them do the technique drill. Ask them what their record was on that time trial drill. Like engage with them on it. Try it yourself. Show them that they are really good because you can't do it at all. Like those things are really enjoyable and, and good bonding experiences for anyone. So I think, you know, this is it's a it's a lifestyle shift to appreciate things like this and appreciate chipping away at something. If it, if soccer is a big part of your life. It's something that you do consistently throughout the entire year. It's not just one burst of a week of extra training or something like that. It's, it's actually part of your life. So I think the more you can make it that way and show the excitement surrounding it, um, you know, that's, that's everything for players. And as we wrap up here, we're going to play a little lightning round real quick. Um, I typically ask really dumb questions throughout the interview, and I did a really good job of making sure I did not ask dumb questions. <laughs> Uh, throughout the interview. So now these last couple of minutes, I'm going to ask my dumb questions. Um, most memorable goal, whether it was you or a team goal. Oh, and either, either or for both, both of you guys, both of you guys. Okay, Laura, you go first on them all, then I'll go second. Oh, no, wait, no. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. You're up. I made you do your intro first, so I'll go first. Yeah, you're first for sure. I, I have an easy one for myself because I, in college, I scored off the kickoff once and it's like on YouTube. It's labeled the fastest goal in college soccer history, but actually someone beat it recently, which I'm a little bitter about because I can't go back and try to <laughs> <laughs> I love the hate in that. Like, I'm bitter about that. Yeah, like, I can grasp that person, that. but, like, that's not really fair because I can't try again. So. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right. Well, now that I heard your answer and then it's, like, YouTube famous, I might need to go first just so that mine, like, don't fail in comparison. I'm rethinking the strategy. Um, I don't know. Like, I can think of a couple goals on mine that were, like, kind of cool that I come back to. I've probably been around the more soccer more as a coach recently. And we had a kid in the state cup finals last year that had torn her ACL twice that like her dad and I did not agree on her playing minutes up to this point. And I told him, stick with it. Trust me on this. She's going to score in the state finals. She's going to be there when we need her to. And she scored the second goal of a game that we ended up winning three, one to win state last year. And that to me was like one of those moments where I'm like, how cool is that? Like for this kid to be at the top of her game and then injury and another injury and then like not jump over by a lot, but jump over by enough to flick a ball in ends up being that game winning goal in a state championship. Like that's an awesome moment as a coach. So I'll go with that one because it's probably one of the more recent ones. Um, And that was pretty cool to be a part of that for that kid. What was your favorite warm-up song as a player something that when it came over the speakers you was like oh yeah it's about to go down somebody's getting that work laura you want to go first or second i have no idea on this one so you can go while i ponder it uh okay so i'll admit i like really uh usually i like like 90s techno i'm really weird with that (laughs) yeah um, okay do you guys know this the song remember the name fort minor yeah yeah that song like 
I have like an inner rage that builds up when I hear that song. <laughs> I feel like ninety percent of athletes are like into that song, and I'm in that ten percent that's just like. You don't like, I, it. like I'm. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. I it just it doesn't get me like. You have I to, run through you have a to wall. like feel it when you're warm. You haven't warmed up for a game when it's playing on the speakers. And... That's true. There was because that song like, came out like when I was start warming up. <laughs> so Sean, you appreciate this and hate it simultaneously. The first time I ever heard that song was on a Steven Gerrard highlight tape, and I was like, "Yeah, this is it. Like this is, <laughs> this is my song." <laughs> I can remember coaching in uh, Kentucky and high school. And a team that we played had the entire every lyric of the song on the back of their warm up shirts, and I oh, think that yeah, was I think that's, that's kind of what, I think that's what kind of did it for me of like yeah that, eh. I wouldn't like it if I saw that either yeah, yeah I've seen those shirts before that's a lot really, of lyrics yeah just like <laughs> that chorus part with like all the percentages they throw that oh on okay too much they math t shirts all the time so yeah I mean it's still a lot of text to put on the back of a kid's shirt but I've seen it before um I don't really know. I'm definitely like when I was playing, I was that kid that was just like, I just want to be in the corner getting ready. Like, I don't, I don't need to be, you know, just let me get in my zone. And I think Laura I had noise canceling headphones on with nothing playing. That's like what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, they always picked like that warm up CD and like our coach was always hyped because he got one song and he would always like, anytime that <laughs> song came on, he would like make sure we were all in the middle of our warm up. Cause he's like, that's my song. We got to go. Like, this is the one. Um, but I don't know if there's any song that really sticks out to me as like, this is it. That was the one. That was the moment that you knew type of thing for me. What was your favorite nickname as a player? I mean, okay, that's an easy My player nickname is Yaya. So Yaya? I only have really one. It's Ya or Yaya. So I guess I'll go with Yaya. So here's my twist on that because this is the way my brain thinks. The whole time that we've been doing this interview, I've been paying attention, but I've been thinking of like potential nicknames. And I think if you went this like route where you used the L since you, cause I was like, Oh, I bet it's yeah something. So yeah. hearing that's yeah. Yeah. You need to use like L as in like leading into like an, an adjective, I think. So it's gotta be like L fantastico, like, you know, like somehow like tie something in there, you know, like, I can't really make up that nickname for myself. <laughs> well, you know, well, if you want us to get it started, we will get okay. it started. I mean, you like know, if, you, uh, if you come up with a good one, I'll allow it to spread. I mean, because, we're, like, we're still currently working on uh, getting someone on the Jamaican national team. So and that will happen. We are, I, dude. She played today, so we're we're in a good spot. Oh, we're getting close. We're getting close. I mean, like, if you come on soccer chat within a year, like, you get a promotion at, at your job, oh. or like, you go on to a bigger job. So, I mean, if if we come up with a nickname thing for you, it will just it's going to take off. Yeah. Can you get me back on the U.S. national team? We, we hey you if you you are if you're saying it right now we will get you back on the U.S. national team. Don't do not doubt us. Wow, I mean I am doubting you a little. I'm not gonna lie, but we'll, we'll <laughs> what? Hear Laura, what? We'll hear Laura's nickname. What? We didn't have a lot of nicknames. Laura's pretty simple. Yeah, La- yeah. Laura's maybe you, we can go with the L for you also though. Yeah, but like That's L true. is masculine in Spanish, so like we're turning yeah. this down a path we don't want to go. Yeah, wait, that's a good point. I don't like this nickname path. Yeah, you know, I didn't really do well in Spanish in high school. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Thank you. So, Dang. No, Laura, I mean, the last name's Grawl here, so like G every once in a while because Grawl here is. Anybody me. ever call you LG? Yeah. I feel like that I would be a thing. Once in a while. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, I mean, Laura's pretty simple. So <laughs> we're good. It's easy. Um, part of the thing about soccer chat is. Uh, you know, this network that we're building of coaches, if somebody's listening to this right now 
whether they're interested in the Technique Football app or, Laura, they want to ask you about things that your club is doing, uh, how can coaches who are listening to this to reach out to both of you, uh, whether it's through email, Twitter, you know, whatever it may be? Um, well, I can start. I think if, if you want to look up Technique Football, it's T-E-C-H-N-E, and then the football, we spell F-U-T-B-O-L. So if you go to the website, social media, anything, and you – contact us in any way. Like I said, we have a very small team of people. It will somehow get to me. So definitely look it up, reach out. If you want to search my name too, I have a personal website uh, where if you reach out, all my contact stuff goes directly to me and I'm pretty accessible. So definitely give it a shot if you'd like to ask me something. Yeah, you're very accessible. Thank you. I'm glad you seconded that. Thank you. I've been surprised. I'll, like, I'll third, I'll third it. The question, and you'll get back to me right away. It's awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm by my computer a little too much, but I, I do pride myself on being accessible and my response time. So I hope they can keep that. Yeah, now that I'll, give you, pressure I'll give you a, a thumbs up on that one for sure. Um, for me, obviously, following Kentucky Fire Juniors is awesome for my club and and for that part of things. Um, you can see all the the kids that earn their socks. Um, like I said, we should have a kid with some hundred hour sock pictures up. This y'all week. got a hell of socks, man. Like y'all got socks out of nowhere. We invested in some socks. It was one of the things that I, that I asked, I said, where's our budget and where's that sock line? Cause we're about to need some. Um, and I, again, am in a good situation with the club that saw the value in investing in it. So we got more socks. I've got them stashed in drawers and I'm always happy when I get to give them away to kids and see them be excited. Um, personally, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that. It's L Grawl here. And then my last name is G R A L H E E R. Um, yeah, that's my job is to be on social media and do that type of stuff. So I'm around it again, probably more than I should be, but it's fun. I can't knock. All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Uh, thank you for giving us uh, your time. And, and we look forward to seeing, you know, how this, this relationship between your guys uh your app and your, and your club and, and the, the relationship and the networking that this app is doing with other clubs as well. And, and we just, we're, we're all about that development and the networking and just trying to help other coaches out. And I think what you guys are doing is going to really catch the ear of somebody who's listening to this and that they want to get their team, their club involved to where we just see this, this thing grow and we'll come back like a year or two from now. If like you guys will probably be way too big time for us, but if Laura's I can't, gonna be I can do that. <laughs> but we're gonna have so many socks it's gonna be awesome yes and that's the thing like if y'all listen if you guys do your hundred hours let laura know and maybe no, she'll give us a no that's no <laughs> laura cannot provide socks for the entire the only person that laura's providing socks for is the kentucky fire kids and nick if he will do a hundred hours of nick gets to 100 hours i will personally buy him his socks. yes uh, and i'll i'll double it but send nick socks too if he gets a hundred dollars do two, it with, two pairs of purple socks now i'm gonna do it with pizza in my hand the entire time i think that's gonna be the number one thing that we're i don't like, think there's any other way to do it that's most of how i advocate for it like, I think that you need to like film yourself, Nick, like documentary style with the pizza, with the blizzards, just like going to town, doing your technique football app. Dude, I think that's the only way to go at this point. And we're getting her back on the national team. You heard it here first. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and, and just, again, we want to wish you guys the best of luck on your teams, your playing, and everything that you're doing going on in the future. And we look back to having you on again later on and seeing how things have turned out since then. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
Like, it's one of those things that always makes me nervous when we're interviewing two people simultaneously because it's like sometimes you're like, especially since we're not in the same spot, you're you're it's it's you're trying to figure out how to do the best job carrying conversation. Um, but that was a really easy conversation. I I don't ever fe- feel at any point when we were talking that like it, it felt forced. Like it was just it was a really easy. And it's kind of nice that they had a good uh, relationship with each other, too, because you could tell they could feed off each other for just like different questions and different responses and things like that. It, it, it was actually fun to be able to connect them again too, because I'm sure they don't get to like talk all the time. And so just being there while you could tell, like it was like kind of a catch up for them too, where they were like, Oh, like, nice. Like it's good to see you again and stuff. Yeah. Especially like too, they probably have like a really crazy email um, dialogue. So it was like, it's probably different for them just to speak face to face, you know, whether it be virtually electronically, whatever. Um, I enjoyed like, I mean, obviously like if you like Yale Averbush West, I mean, like, come on, like, but you don't need to say anything more than that. And, no, stop, for, and, you know, to really get to know her a little bit more and to just to see like how like down to earth, low key, you know, just, I, I hate using the word normal, uh, in this situation, but we've, we've done this a lot on our show of we kind of have like our own expectations of what, so how somebody is. And then we just like, man, like they're just like us. Yeah. Uh, she's a dude. You know, we, we haven't figured out the female version of dude yet. So we're just going to call her a dude. She's just a dude. And, and all of our female coaching friends who are listening to this, if please tell us what the, the female version of dude is like, I feel like we've been asking this for three months now and nobody's really given us any like help on that. Nope. So until that point, we're just going to say when we like, when we say like, someone's legit like she she's a dude like she's awesome yeah i know she's kind of fun. I, don't know, I don't know how i feel but i feel like the uh our friends at dutrick brand would not be too happy about that no tiff tiff and ally they'll be fine there's no way uh, <laughs> but please, please no. direct all hate mail to at coach and rizzo at coach and rizzo i i, I <laughs> that'd be that'd be good um but yeah no um i think the other cool thing that i i think that both of them were talking about a little bit was the, the interactive part of what she's doing at Technique Football is really cool. Like, there's just a lot of, like, wait, like, I have a, I, so for example, like, certain areas don't have, like, a ton of access to club. Like, even around us, there's not, like, a ton of access to club. And so having an app like that, that, like, puts them on a leaderboard and gives them feedback and allows them to do it. It's pretty, like there's a, a girl that I work with. Her name's Joella um, down in Peoria. And she was like one point she was on the leaderboard and it was like, her dad was telling me it was like the coolest thing ever for her. Like she was so pumped. She was like number three. And like, it was just like, it made her day to be able to like be it. So like you can just tell they're reinforcing good, just habits uh, like, and just uh, making kids excited about the game, which I think I mean, when I was talking about, what she was, what she was like growing up, it just kind of reminds you of that, like just how passionate she was about being with the ball. It's it's allowing kids to be able to do that um, on their own time with what they're doing, and so it's it's pretty good. I like to, I mean, there's so many apps nowadays, but to actually hear, and we and we had this with with David Copeland Smith too, you know, to hear the actual like person behind the app. And the, what the purpose of it is. And, you know, I, I like her thing. Like if you have a ball on the wall, like you're, you're going to be fine. Um, I enjoyed talking to Laura and, and how I just, I like hearing how other clubs operate. 
Um, and again, I guess that's where that like jealousy thing comes in, um, where I'm just like, oh, like I wish I, my team could do that or my club could do that. Um, but like this is something that like I I'm really actively trying to do with my club is is link up um, with Yellow and and get this app for our clubs. I, I think it would be absolutely fantastic. I think the biggest thing to come from that interview is that we've got to, we got to get the documentation. I don't know if you're gonna have to get Reese or whatever, but we've got to get the Nick Rizzo 100 hour technique football challenge. Oh God. I think, I think I need some donations to make this happen. I don't know. <laughs> I just need like, I, I just need like someone to like come check on me every once in a while. I think I would be pretty tired if I did that much. Like, well, I, I'm I mean, fairly you're going ha- to have your pizza and a blizzard while you're doing it. So that's I mean. true. I, I've, I'm back on like my streak of like I'm pretty confident. I've every day for the last two months, I've either had pizza, beer, or ice cream. So I'm 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 keeping up with my uh, my good diet going into the summer. We wouldn't have it any other way. If, if you if you think of Nick Rizzo, we want you to think of pizza, beer, and ice cream. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I I honestly just don't follow my diet. You're gonna live a short life. Well, it's it's okay to follow that diet if you run a like twenty seven miles <laughs> every day. That's very true. Do that if you're going to have that diet, then make sure you exercise. So the 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 countdown is on. We will see if Nick starts his one hundred hours uh, to win a pair of socks from Laura, who has who has graciously uh, said that she would sponsor the socks and get Nick his own pair of purple socks um, if he completes the 100 hours. So keep, keep listening up for that. Uh, and, and we'll try to, whenever that does get started, hopefully and you got plenty of time this summer that you can get this done. Um, that we will, we will have updates for you. Uh, another updates, uh, before we get out of here, um, have you been working on your soccer child? Love? This is episode 96. So you've got four episodes to get your squad together. Oh, I'm like, it's I, I'm keeping it a little bit more low key than you are, but I'm I'm getting ready. Like okay. I, I'm definitely I'm taking this pretty serious. I I'm, I'm I'm I was hoping that as we got closer to it, that you would get like really heavy into it. Yeah, no, I I I'm doing it. Don't worry. And I totally feel like no matter what, I, I'm going to be really surprised and shocked. Like I don't. Yeah, think, no, I don't it, you def- There's a few I think you might forgot. You're going to be like I forgot all about that guy, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that's that's what we want out of it. That's going to be episode uh, 100 coming up here in just four weeks. That's crazy to think about that we we've done that. Uh, honestly, like have uh, have you seen like the? It's like the England like eleven like that. They're, they're like they actually have like a bunch of like old players that are like training and they play against like it has like Matt Latissier and like a bunch of other guys that like like used to play. And, like it's, a, it's on YouTube. Crouches on it. Uh, he's not on the team. Uh, it's like a lot older guys. Oh, okay. Because there's one that's Peter, that Peter Crouch and some other like older guys who don't play as much anymore. I just saw that the other day. I thought that was the same thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's similar, but you yeah, know, it's like they have the, sorry, I'm about to, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of older guys that are like playing. I'll send you a video, but it got it totally reminds me of what my team's going to look like. <laughs> well, that, I, I no matter what, it's going to be awesome, and we're we're going to uh, we're going to release those two teams for you uh, on the 100th episode. Uh, also coming up uh, the week before that, actually. So mark your calendars, June 10th. Do you have this date marked down, Nick? Yes, I do. Okay, so. Uh, Soccer Chat 99 actually gets released on my birthday. 
and I want to have my birthday party with you all. So on June 10th, that's a Monday night, we're going to put out a link. Uh, I'll put it on the, I'll put it on my Twitter account. We'll put it on the soccer chat Twitter account. And we want you to come hang out with us. Uh, that's how I want to spend my birthday is I want to hang out with Nick and anyone who's listening to this. Uh, you're going to come on and we're just all going to talk soccer. We're just going to have a good time, hang out, uh, bring your party hat if you want to, bring your beverages, whatever you got to do uh, to join the party. I'm excited. I, I mean, we're not going to have a DJ or anything, but it'll be a nice good old uh, soccer chat party that's coming up on June 10th. Remember, remember, remember to give a big shout out to all of our friends that help out the show so much. Without them, we wouldn't be able to pull this off. Uh, go check out dutickbrand.com. You know what it is. Use the promo code soccerchat. Dutickbrand.com, 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 because here at Soccer Chat, we are members of Dutickbrand FC. Also, our friends at Torex, go give them a shout out. Every single week, you hear uh, our good friend Sean Dan Hauser speaking on behalf of Top Soccer. Now's the time. Your teams are taking breaks. Maybe your, your state cup weekends are done. Go get involved, volunteer, get yourself signed up for the upcoming fall to help out with your local Top Soccer program. Get your team involved, get yourself as a coach involved and experience the difference and experience a great time with a bunch of great players and even better kids. Uh, any sh- I, I want to kind of do like a weekly shout out. Who's like your weekly coaching shout out this week, Nick? That's not um, me. I, I got, uh, I got to hang out with actually a soccer chatter yesterday. Charlie oh. Whiteman. Uh, he was uh, at the game I was recruiting yesterday. And so I got to see him. We got to catch up for a little bit. So Charlie, you're, you're my shout out for the week. What about you? Uh, mine is going to be my good friend, uh, who's also been on the show before Scott Wilson. Uh, he was recently named, um, a, uh, Evansville modern day high school boys, uh, varsity coach. Uh, he and his girls team, um, are, I believe they're into the semifinals for state cup, uh, here in Indiana this weekend. And they went through this whole, this is his first year with them. Uh, they only suffered one loss and gave up, I believe only two goals all season. Um, absolutely incredible job, uh, that Scott Wilson's done with his team over at Indiana fire junior South. I believe they're the Oh three, uh, girls team. So if you guys have been out at tournaments and you've seen that team play, uh, you've seen our good friend Scott Wilson with the amazing job that he's done. Uh, you can join the conversation with us every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter. Just follow the hashtag Soccer Chat. Or if you really want to know when it gets starts, go onto our Twitter page. There's a little circle with a bell that has a plus on it. Click on that. And every time Soccer Chat has something for you, you'll get a notification letting you know that Soccer Chat is going on. Or there's some type of news update that we want to give you guys uh, the, the information on. So make sure to click that. Let us know that you've done that. Hit that subscribe button on the podcast. If you also want to chat with Nick on Twitter, Nick, how can they do so? Best place to reach me is at Coach Enrizzo. What about you, brother? Mine is at Coach Soderling, like we said. C-H-A-T-S-O-C-C-R to follow us here at Soccer Chat every single Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Submit your questions anytime. Just use the hashtag Soccer Chat. Submit your questions for each Wednesday night session and bring a friend. That's right. Bring a friend. You bring a friend, then they'll bring a friend, then they'll bring a friend, so on, so on, and so on, and so on. But the cool part is that it's just a big network. Coaches getting together and getting the professional development that we all need on a weekly basis. And sometimes there's a place to rant or to ask a question or just to come in and hang out like Nick and I do most of the time. We just kind of hang out and hit the like button uh, and, and watch everybody else chat. But the cool part, even more from that, is that we get to do all of this over again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, brother.
Okay. What are you guys doing down there? Yeah. Reese. Hey, Sean. Reese says hi. What up? I can hear your voice in my office. <laughs> no, you can't. Yes, I can. you really? <laughs> the walls are really thin. And our walls are really thin. Oh, okay. Well, you, you got me like turned up that much? No. I mean, I'm literally right. Yeah, no, like her office is like right. eight feet away. Dang. Okay. I'll keep it lower then. No, you're good, man. <laughs> hey, Quinn, what'd you say you guys were doing? 